Today on the Topping Show, Bud Light Tweet is nearly as successful as their Dylan Mulvaney sponsorship. Vivek on Biden censorship gets 1.6 million views. Sportsball's Bud Light Tweet gets nearly 4.2 million views, but only gets 289 likes. Ford expands their layoffs due to the UAW strike. Vivek GOP debate highlight on Ukraine goes viral. Chris Christie attempts to troll Donald Trump, but his pun falls flatter than a Bud Light. Toys R Us is coming back. Well, kind of. Rivian lost $33,000 per EV full sold in fiscal Q2. Wonder Group acquires Blue Apron, and Eli Lilly's drug is rejected by the FDA for the third time. All that much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode's Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see that, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, for the month of October, we're giving away a free 37 millimeter flare launcher with every purchase. Go to toppingtechnologies.com for additional information. Lastly, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October. So if you could click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Ford laying off about 300 additional factory workers due to the ongoing UAW strike. Now this is after the UAW demanded a mere, just, just a small, small little, they just want a little bit of a wage increase of uh, 80 to 100 billion dollars over the course of a four-year contract, which would be in addition to having a 40% increase in their wages, they also wanted pensions back, which again was another contributing factor to why they went bankrupt subsequently. They also, oh, not Ford specifically, but UAW was a, a contributing factor to why GM and Chrysler went bankrupt. Ford barely made it by the skin of their teeth. But nevertheless, they want a 40% wage increase. They want a 32-hour work week, but paid for 40 hours. And a myriad of other benefits that would have added up to value between 80 and $100 billion over the course of a four-year contract. Which is quite a free penny. That's quite literally more than the profits generated by the big three. So yes, it quite literally would bankrupt them. So it's not a surprise that a strike ensued. So now this particular strike at the Chicago assembly plant, which is news in and of itself that Chicago still has jobs. It was a rumor for years. I had to, I had to go, go to Snopes.com extra. Well, they're not that reputable. I had to do some extra digging to really make sure this news was authentic. And there are in fact still jobs in Chicago. I, I know I'm quite shocked myself, but nevertheless they do somehow exist. Now, this recent strike in the Chicago Assembly plant was announced by UAW President Sean Fain last Friday, and it has directly affected some of the operations at the separate Chicago stamping plant and the Lima engine plant. Now, you have the Ford spokesperson, Dan Perbosa. Well, Dan said, quote, Our production system is highly interconnected, which means the UAW-targeted strike strategy has knock-on efforts for facilities that are not directly targeted for work stoppage, unquote. Now, Perbosa also went on to further explain and say, quote, these are not lockouts, these are layoffs and a consequence of the strike with the Chicago assembly plant because these three facilities must commence production of the parts that would normally be um, shipped to Chicago assembly plant, unquote. So in terms of effectiveness, the UEW has been quite strategic. They have about $820 million to pay their people not to work for the strike. Each worker, I believe, gets, according to the latest articles, they get about $500 per week to stand around with the picket sign for the protest. So they have quite a long ramp up period. They can sustain the strike for quite some time. And in terms of kneecapping the big three in terms, well, I was gonna say, 
talking about unions, Chicago kneecapping. I almost thought I was thinking about Chicago. I almost thought this was a better report about the Chicago mob. Thankfully, Chicago's, you know, since then, they're very clean, ethical, you know, nothing precarious goes on there. <laughs> See, that? that's a joke. Times may have changed, but not so much culture. But nevertheless, the UAW has brilliantly come out with a plan where they can just kneecap the big three by just taking a couple workers off the production line. So instead of the UAW having to pay every single member to strike, which again would be $500 per member per week, well, if they just remove a couple members from the factories, the factories are effectively kneecapped because unfortunately, I guess the big three don't have the print business decision to cross-train employees. So one of the best examples being the Ford Bronco plant. Ford Bronco plant was one of the first ones that was affected by this strike by the UAW. The UAW decided to take employees away from, I believe, the paint and the final assembly parts of the factory. And without those, you obviously can't finish the vehicle. Now, on the opposite side, in terms of what's the strength of the big three right now, when was the last time you needed to buy a car? When was the last time you wanted to buy a car by the big three? It's one of those things where we have record high loan interest rates, as well as economic uncertainty. Most people I know are just trying to make their dollar stretch a little bit thinner and they're just driving their current vehicles. They're not going out and they want, they want to pay for a new vehicle, which the price of a new vehicle in North America is already more expensive than the price of a new Tesla. So that, think about that for a second. Tesla was able to get their costs that much lower and also Tesla isn't affected by the UAW. Quite the opposite, they don't have unionized workers. They have workers who are incentivized by stock to work like hell, which I would argue is a much better incentive, which we'll see if the UAW wants that as a trade-off. They've, I don't, I haven't seen that. And again, there's proposals going back and forth literally every minute of the day as it goes by for the strike, but I haven't seen that yet. Be interesting to see what goes on from there. But unfortunately it sounds like there are more layoffs and hopefully at the end of the day, they'll be able to get their jobs back or perhaps they'll be able to find gainful employment and another more profitable venture such as, let's see, maybe a Toyota, a Honda, what's, what else, you know, Tesla, Mercedes, Kia. There's a lot of options out there. But nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see how this affects the strikes and the ongoing negotiations. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if anyone comes out on top or if this they think it's somehow come together for a win-win. It'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business news, yeah, Toys R Us is back. Well, kind of. Now, it looks like Toys R Us plans to open up 24 new flagship stores across the United States in what it's simply calling its quote-unquote air, land, and sea expansion, unquote. Which, kind of cliche. I don't know how many stores they're going to put in the sea unless they're going to put them on cruise ships, which I think would be pejorative for the brand. But nevertheless, an interesting naming nevertheless. Now, I say it's coming back kind of because it's far from the original masterpiece that was invented by Charles Lazarius. I mean, he founded the company back in 1948, and there, for decades, people have kind of seen the differences between him being in charge and not. They first sold the company actually back in 2005 to a private equity firm with a combination of Kimberg, Kravish, Robertson, Bain Capital, as well as Vernado Realty, and they took it private back in 2005. Now, subsequently, this is the second time they're not owned by private equity. This is a new company by the name of WHP Global, which maybe C minus for marketing because I don't know. In terms of names, it's not really inspirational. WHP Global. But nevertheless, that's a new parent company. So if you're thinking, I mean, th this no longer is the old New Jersey company that many people knew and loved, well, headquartered over in New Jersey. Fun business fact the only sign, if you're watching the show, the only sign behind me in terms of business history. 
that I have for display piece, the Toys R Us is the only company that was not headquartered in the great state, or some say the great country, of Texas. Ah, I almost feel, I just, it didn't feel authentic. I wasn't wearing my Texas hat. I'll have to perhaps do that next time. But nevertheless, it's the new venture kind of trying to bring it back. And of course, a lot of people know now the company filed, they filed bankruptcy, unfortunately, back in 2018. And they initially had a couple of concepts subsequently after that with the new company where they're having some new stores open in terminals. It looks like the first one in terms of the relaunch, relaunch of the relaunch is going to be taking place in November in the great state or country of Texas, Dallas Fort Worth International Airport in November this year. So interestingly enough, that'd be a good idea in terms of to get the global brand re-recognized. Oh, it was really cool. One of the comments last week in the YouTube channel, someone actually was telling me how they actually still have new, um, they actually have Toys R Us in other countries. I believe this particular viewer was in Africa and apparently there wasn't a business disruption. So fascinating to see how similar brands like McDonald's are internationally recognized they're still able to stand the test of time while certain entities or parts of it go bankrupt. So hopefully they make a comeback this time. I know in terms of nostalgia, everyone loved Toys R Us, including myself. I mean, back when I was growing up, we, we never went hungry. I was really privileged in that regard. But it's one of those things where I would never, we could never afford one of those little electric cars that the kids would have back in the day. And I remember Toys R Us was so special. You get to go there and they had a whole aisle of those little electric cars. And I'm talking about the toy ones, although the new, you know, full grown adult electric cars, I would say, are toys too, just in terms of, you know, lasting about three years. But nevertheless, it was a magical moment going to Toys R Us as a child, and I think a lot of people really do appreciate them making a comeback, and it is kind of sad to see, like, old, iconic Toys R Us stores now being bought out by places like Ollie's, which is like a bargain chain. Nothing wrong with that, but I just drove past what everyone really knows. They know what the store really was, with the iconic tiles around the entrance. But, and fun fact, or interesting note, if you know anyone who has a Toys R Us sign in terms of the actual light up panels or you have the light up individual letters, let me know and I'll pay a finder fee because I've been trying to find that for, shoot, I've about 36 months now. And I have not had much luck, including the traditional outlets looking on eBay and all the traditional bidding websites. But if you know anyone or if you have a sign yourself you want to get rid of or shoot, I'm always looking to expand the collection, of course. So let me know if you do have any sources. I appreciate it. So hopefully the story comes back. It'll be interesting to see, are they able to capture some of that magic that we all appreciated when we had growing up that was Toys R Us. Other interesting business news, you have Rivian losing up to about $33,000 per EV sold in fiscal Q2. Although the good news, although many would say it's not, is that their Q3 deliveries are up 23%. So we're losing money, but we'll make up in volume which is kind of a business joke, but depending on how your business model works, it does make sense fiscally speaking because with the greater volume of products that you make, traditionally the components costs go down per unit because you're negotiating with suppliers and you know the bigger bulk deal you buy. Traditionally, just like when you go to a Costco or another big box store, if you buy a bigger quantity, traditionally you get a cheaper cost per unit. So it'll be interesting to see how Rivian can do. They are perhaps, eh, I'd say they're probably the best known EV truck company out there. Tesla Cybertruck is going to be released right any day now, or so we're told. I think I've, I've still never seen one in face-to-face. -face. It'll be interesting to see how long it really takes them to ram up the actual production. They're having a lot of issues when it comes to manufacturing because of the materials they want with the aluminum. But it'll be interesting to see if they can get that done. Nevertheless, in terms of Rivian, there are some issues, obviously. 
losing $33,000 per EV. Well, they're literally burning through billions of their cash reserves. Just trying to create a market for the EV truck. Which, you have the Ford F-150 Lightning. Subsequently, you should probably also buy a gas generator to throw in the bed of the truck so you can charge it when it runs out. But it'll be interesting to see. So they've drained about half of their 1.8, or no, their $18 billion cash reserves. And it looks like on average, their trucks cost around $25,000 more than the competitors. And again, it's a truck, which I know most people who have trucks, if you look at the data in terms of how many people actually use trucks for trucks or uh, towing, which should be 100%, is nowhere near that. It's kind of like sports ball players who buy Lamborghinis and only drive them in downtown Chicago, which actually might not be the best example since Lamborghinis, they're supposed to be driven fast. And subsequently to dodge the bullets in Chicago, you have to drive really fast. Maybe. But in moderate seriousness, they usually don't take them to the track. They're not really pushing them to the limits. And with trucks, most people aren't towing them. Now, if you want to tow with a truck, EV trucks with the current technologies we have, that'd be the most imprint business decision you could possibly make. It's just, they don't work. Now, again, technology moves much, much more quickly than anything else in our lives. So we may very well have a new battery technology or new magical sauce that'll make EV trucks magically perfect overnight in terms of towing capacity. But right now, there's a really big viral YouTube video that came out a couple months ago where you had someone with an F-150 Lightning trying to tow a Ford Model T, I believe it was Hoovy, and it just kills the range. Because again, it's just physics. So it'll be interesting to see how they fix that issue. Now, in terms of Rivian stock, their stock's around $23.64 per share. And in the past six months, it is up. So it's gone up 55.25% over the past six months. However, you always want to look at the big picture. When it comes to the Rivian overall picture, their, ever since their inception, their IPO or initial public offering, I mean, they IPO'd at about $129.95 per share. So do a little fun math. They're, da they're down about 81.79% since their inception. So it'll be interesting to see in terms of EV startups. I mean, Lordstown, they recently just went bankrupt, which was supposed to be another iconic EV truck manufacturer. Them, of course, being based out of old Lordstown factory that they bought out from General Motors. It'll be interesting to see, can Rivian survive when they're burning through so much cash so quick? I mean, Lucid Motors is basically only alive because of Saudi Arabia. And when it comes to EV technologies, not being a traditional legacy automotive manufacturer, I would say Rivian and Lucid are probably the two of the biggest, most well-known. Yes, you do have some competitors. I know Vietnam, they have uh, VinFast, which is growing in terms of volume of products are not that big yet. And you do have an ever-increasing threat from Chinese manufacturers with their EV technologies, which very well might just decimate the U.S. manufacturing. It'll be interesting to see, but in terms of Rivian and the current outlook, I would say the outlook is not so good. But that's just my three cents. It used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation got charged three cents. Should be four cents, but generous man. Though, it is still free to click the subscribe button. Other interesting business news, you have Wonder Group to acquire a food delivery company by the name of Blue Apron. Now, Blue Apron is perhaps, they, they were a pioneer at the time. They were one of those interesting online meal kit productions. So it's one of those things where if, instead of, you know, opening up a, a book, which I know most Americans, unfortunately, they only know what that is. You see a book, is like a magazine. Oh wait, shoot, they don't know what that is. 
It's like your smartphone, but on paper. I think that's a good metaphor. Only without, I would say without the BS and a little bit more eloquence and intellect. But nevertheless, it's one of those things where instead of using grandma's recipes and going to the store and buying the ingredients, because that's too much work to go to the store, heaven forbid, you would use this app, or in this case, this website, and they would send you the ingredients pre-measured, because Lord knows you can't do that on your own, and you would make the food. So it was basically one step above a, a heat-up meal or a little microwave dinner. And at the time, it was revolutionary. They were the market industry leader. They came out. I mean, there's a lot of hype around this because, again, it was a new concept. So credit to them, it's not easy to create a new product category or new initiative. And it looks like they are acquired by Wonder Group for a, a pitiful $13 per share. So they, they sold out for about $103 million. But they used to worry, it used to be worth infinitely more. Now, they actually launched it back in 2017, but unfortunately, like a lot of tech companies, they never managed to turn a profit. Now, they blamed it to a myriad of issues. They said that it was due to supply chain issues and then competition. And that's very true. In terms of competition, not only do you have other traditional competitors where they're just going to suppliers, buying the food ingredients, packaging, prepackaging them for you, throwing in a little instructions. Well, who already has all the logistics and all the supply chain handled out to do that? Grocery stores. Yes, indeed. So some of the large competitors overnight seemingly were the grocery store chains. And again, they have a lot of the advantages that this startup did not have. So there's a lot going on that was detrimental to their business model from the competitive viewpoint. And interestingly enough, in terms of the Wonder Group acquiring them, the Wonder Group said that they would, again, it's from the CEO's, his mouth, Mark Lohr, not mine. He says this purchasing of this company will create a, quote, super app, unquote. Which, again, I don't know is that, uh, really, I'm guessing they're buying them for the intellectual property of the customer base. Because again, there, there's nothing proprietary about this idea in terms of, I literally just explained it to you. There's no reason you can't do it at home. I wouldn't recommend it as a prudent business decision because of the mentioned, aforementioned things I just went over, but there's not a lot of intellectual property. There's the brand, which of course is worth something, but in terms of business decision, it'll be interesting to see if what Wonder Group does, now that they own the intellectual property, they own this business, are they going to really integrate it with everything else they own? Are they going to just, are they going to just inject a bunch of cash funds and have them, I don't know, just grow on their own? It'll be interesting to see but as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the cultural part of the podcast, you have Bud Light. Friendship chain fails epically, as Bud Light tends to do. And of course, this is their futile attempt at social media, which admittedly, I was about to say it can't be an easy job. That has to be the easiest job on the planet in terms of all they had to do was just keep doing the cliche thing they've done for quite, literally decades. All they really had to do is tweet about what do Bud Light drinkers like? Well, they used their previous consumer base. Um, Clydesdale horses, sports balls, country music, cars turning to the left or the right fast. Um, oh, what else did Bud Light, what else do they enjoy? Music? Yeah, yeah I said that's about it. All they had to do is keep slapping up a logo at those events and they would have been the business, the industry leader, and what I mean by sales, 
They're the number one beer of the year and for the month for decades. But that wasn't enough for Lisa Hydrashild. She thought, well, they're, they're a little fratty. I don't like that. So we're, we're going to get rid of this. And she became a legend overnight, perhaps by being the worst marketing manager or VP of marketing in history. Let me know in the comments. Can you think of a single business that has shot themselves in the foot worse than Bud Light? Again, fiscal quarter two, compared to the same fiscal quarter two last year, they lost $400 million in sales, just evaporated. And every week over week, their sales are down about 30% in dollars and about 27% in volume. And that's not, the trend has not been turning around anytime soon. Anecdotally, I, when every time I go to the big box store and I have to purchase groceries, I walk past the aisle and I can't help but smile seeing more of the family-owned Yangling being sold than the big box Belgian-owned Bud Light that's just stale on the shelves. Though, don't, don't get me wrong, it could certainly be used as a table in terms of if you actually, you know, if you're at the stores, they've got, they, they can probably put other products on top of it, which would be cheaper than buying a table from Costco, interestingly enough. But nevertheless, when it comes to this particular tweet, it looks like Bud Light has a little, a little text before they have this gentleman. And I'm actually surprised this isn't getting canceled from a, for being a cultural appropriation. This appears to be a Caucasian male with a chain with a Bud Light emblem, or perhaps a Bud Light can that's been flattened. Now, the sad part of that story is presumably someone might have had to drink that Bud Light before they turned it into jewelry. A horrifying thing to think of, I know. But nevertheless, going to the context of this tweet, they say, quote, two words, friendship chains. Tag a 21-plus friend with sweepstakes in the comments for a chance to win a pair of these, unquote. And again, it has a picture of a gentleman. I apologize. I don't know this person's pronouns. They didn't put it in here. I'm surprised Bud Light has made it such a social faux pas. So uh, again, I apologize. I'm going to assume since this person has a beard and this person just holding up a chain with a Bud Light can on it. Now, interesting enough, why do they care about the person being 21 years old plus? Bud Light hired Dill Mulvaney to advertise to people who are 15 years old. Again, this person is very popular. Dill Mulvaney, one of the top TikTokers on the platform. This person's audience age, the average age is about 15 years old. But now, but it's so strange. Now, but like maybe, maybe they learned it's not wise to advertise beer towards children. I, I know a, a controversial idea to say in the least. Now, in terms of, I don't even think this does this have volume. No. All right. So cliche. Yeah. So okay. So it's just this guy. Uh, perhaps he's dead inside because he's smiling while wearing Bud Light swag, and. Surprisingly, he does have all his teeth as well. I'm learning a lot today. So this tweet got about 164,000 views. So that's, that's quite a bit. That's more of my videos get, truth be told. Although, tell your friends and everyone today, maybe we can beat that, maybe. So this Bud Light tweet got 164,000 views, but only 919 likes, which again is terrible to say the least. And again, a great example of how you can be a winner and a loser at the same time. So last week, or a couple weeks ago, they were saying, hell yeah, reply with this and we'll give you a free case of Bud Light, which, again, let me know in the comments, what would you use that for? It's the best example I could think of in modern history where you could be a winner and a loser at the same time. So if you won that sweepstakes, you would win a case of Bud Light, which I suppose, what could you use it for? If you were to win that sweepstakes where you get a case of Bud Light, 
You certainly couldn't brag about it on social media to tell your friends. I mean, you'd be socially ostracized. Why would they want? Unless you're going to, unless you're going to a parade, then it might be appropriate. But what could you do if you won a case of Bud Light? It could be used as ballast if you go hot air ballooning. Okay, there's an idea. So if you're in a hot air balloon, instead of having sandbags to you know keep the balloon from floating too high, a little ballast, you could use cases of Bud Light. Now it could be deadly in terms of if you actually you know let the Bud Light go and it falls on the ground. I don't know what should be more painful if you had to drink the substance or if it hit it on, if it just fell from the sky and hit you on the top of the head. Mythbusters might need to check that out. What would be worse for your health? That would be a hard one. I think that for now that's that's probably the best use case I can think of for Bud Light. Ballast for hot air balloon. Let me know in the comments. What would you do if you want a case of Bud Light? I was going to say, usually you could think like rubber bands, you could think of a billion reasons to use. This is much more interesting. Perhaps a good drinking game when you're enjoying something that isn't Bud Light. Now, going to the comments section of this, interestingly enough, they only hit about a dozen of the responses. And most of those are GIFs, or as a youth might say, a GIF of Alyssa Hirschild or Dil Mulvaney. Some of them having the Photoshop or it's Dil Mulvaney sitting in the bathtub with the Bud Light and then photoshopped a gentleman joining. Um, let's see, what are a couple of top comments here? Let's see here. Trying to find, finding real comments is interesting in and of itself. Again, this I'm supposing people just hire a robot. Well, they just set up an automated feature where they just have their profile just retweet for sweepstakes. Because when I go to these people's profiles, that's all they do is retweet for every sweepstakes. Not just presumably beer companies, but everything from chip companies, not, you know, tech, not technology, you know, chip for your laptop, but the salty chips that will help you somehow. No, not really. But nevertheless, they just want free stuff. Now, scrolling through the myriad of fake comments, you finally see some. Some by the name of Ecstasy. X-T-A-S-Y. Huh, interesting. Well, this person says, quote, you couldn't give those away if you tried, unquote. That person got 22 likes, being one of the top comments. And I gotta scroll. Yes, good old Rich Mooney saying, money saying, quote, no one drinks Bud Light anymore. I have no idea who'd want a Bud Light's new giveaway, aside from it being a hilarious gag gift, unquote. And he actually also has a picture of the koozies that say not Bud Light. And he got 25 likes, which is a fascinating thing from a cultural perspective. When your product used to be so well adapted and well liked, and now it's the butt end of a joke. It's become a social, if you go to another, I, I thought it was impossible. I was thinking of like, what could you do if you won a free case of Bud Light? We thought, we talked about, you know, you use it for ballast if you're in a hot air balloon, but you could use it as a white elephant gift for Christmas, a phenomenon in which you, everyone buys something under $25 and no one really wants it. And that's the joke. So we now have, I think, six or seven legitimate, moderately legitimate uses for Bud Light if you were to win a case. In terms of other top responses, again, there are not many. Mr. Michael Levi saying, quote, does this include the customers you push to the side to virtue signal, unquote? And he got 40, you know, he got four likes. Some by name of Angie in Japan said, quote, get this crap off my 
feed, unquote. They got 37 likes. It's quite a bit. This perhaps is the most popular comment. Some by the name of Bemused Observer. Appropriate name. I, I enjoy it. They certainly are observing things. A plus marketing. This person said, quote, so when is his surgery scheduled? I, or sorry. When is his bottom surgery scheduled? I assume in the off season, unquote. This person got 44 likes out of a thousand views. Also hinting at the fact that this is probably a sports balls person, but it's not, it's not Tom Brady, so who, who really cares? And if it really was a sports ball player, why wouldn't they tag the person's name? Let me know in the comments if you recognize him. If you're watching this as a clip on the YouTube, or thankfully I'm trying to upload the clips to Rumble as well, do you know, is he a recognizable sports ball player? It's one of those things where it's not Tom Brady, who really cares, or who knows. Allegedly, there's other good players in the sports balls league, but I was going to say, how many average people know that? How? So if this person is really a sports balls player, how embarrassing is that? The millions of dollars this person isn't making from the contracts that they make, that's not enough. This person actually has to wear a Bud Light bling necklace. I... I don't know how you look your family in the eyes during the, uh, you know, Thanksgiving get-togethers, all that kind of stuff, and they just go, really, Johnny, you wore that? How much do they pay you? What, what's the price of your dignity? I would say probably too low, unfortunately. Now, let me know in the comments. Do you think you will, would you be, would you like to win a Bud Light necklace? Would you perhaps wear it at a social outing or a get-together? I can't help but think, hmm... 18 people might want this, maybe. Well, no, uh, 17. Eight? Yes, probably 17 people would appreciate it if they want it. So the odds of winning are quite good, presumably because if any of these other people win it, they'll just put it on the electronicbay.com. But it will be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news. You have Bud Light attempting to tweet again for the sports balls season, getting... 5.3 million views. So it's even up from the beginning of this episode. But they got 336 likes. So it's a great example of pay to play. So earlier they don't, for the same tweet, again, it's going viral, although it seems like I think they're just paying for it. But nevertheless, they got 4.2 million views and they got 289 likes. And they ramped up those numbers to 5.3 million views and they're still only at 336 likes for this sports balls tweet. Which begs the question, it's been a while, what is that on a percentage basis? And I know public schools in the United States are all-time low in pretty much every category. Yet the teachers' unions say they deserve more and more money every year. Interesting. So we're going to do a little bit of math here today and perhaps provide more education than the public school in the United States. Not saying much, but nevertheless, we're going to take 336, which that's the number of likes, divide by 5.3. 3 million, I'm going to multiply that times 100 to turn that into a good old-fashioned percentage. And ooh, that is a low percentage. Lower than a presidential approval rating, I would say. This is, this means that of all the people who saw this sports ball tweet from Bud Light, 0 0.006 people liked it. That is perhaps the lowest ratio I have seen yet. Now in terms of the content, Bud Light says, quote, Get ready for a full week of football is heading your way. Enter for your chance to score Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV this season. Click to enter. 
Wow, I can't. Wow, you could win an opportunity to watch sports balls on the YouTube. Good thing there's no alternative ways of watching it with pirating and all that kind of stuff on the internet. Nevertheless, what do the comments have to say? I wonder. I mean, people love the sports balls. Is that enough to save Bud Light, which used to be a strategic partner for decades? People would turn it, tune into the sports balls. They spend millions of dollars to have their logo on stadiums, big exclusivity contracts. So if you go to a sports balls game, you could only buy Anheuser-Busch and Beth products. Could they save them? Let's dive in and see what the comments say. Now, the comment on top from Mr. Daniel O'Connor simply says, quote, go away, unquote. And this one's got five likes. Someone by the name of Mega Cesspool says, quote, hard pass, down hand emoji, unquote. Got 14 likes. Let's see, Marcus Ramsey says, quote, no thanks, unquote, getting 25 likes. Let's see here. Oh, this is a good one. Mr. Ald Bleather said, quote, I saw a guy pick up a box at the store. It was at swill prices. He saw the other men looking at him and put it down. He got a nod chain from them all, unquote. Which is a fascinating cultural phenomenon. It's a, an unspoken word between men. There's certain advantages to being men still these days. Not many, unfortunately, but there's still a couple. And that type of communication, that brotherhood is a rare thing where you don't even have to say a, a single word. You just know. Just communicate simply. A simple nod head could change the world, some might say. And that person got, for that comment, that person got 64 likes, which is quite an achievement. And it is true. I have yet, and again, this is anecdotal evidence. In terms of my reaction at the public big box store when I'm going for groceries, I've seen two people purchase Bud Light in the past six months. I mean, April, May, June, July, August. September? Yeah, six months. That's half a year. Again, we just provide more value than some people in the public school segment. You're welcome. So I've seen two people. And I actually did have audacity. I actually asked the person, I'm like, do you, do you know what's going on? And, and they were an older couple, and they just, they actually had no idea. And they asked me why I cared. I said, well, I do some funny YouTube videos, and I'm kind of a business nerd. I'm just kind of curious, you know, what was the long-term ramifications or the, you know, the ripple effect of their marketing campaign. And subsequently they decided to put it back and buy something that wouldn't, you know, allegedly burn their tongues off or make them die inside, emotionally. Although, physically perhaps, allegedly. And they purchased a Yangling. I was gonna say, an infinitely better decision. Now let's look at the other, what do you call it, other comments here. Someone said by the name of Candidate Parody, Said, quote, I had a great time watching the football game with my fellow sports fan. Thank you, unquote. And this person had a meme where you have the NPC character with a, a Trump hat on and a couple folks standing around to look like all Photoshop, the same person that got six likes. Mr. Brimzy said, quote, we ain't forget, unquote. And grammar aside, the person did get 55 likes. Mr. Tony Walton said, quote, waving a cold Modelo in your direction, unquote. A person got 42 likes. So, needless to say... I'm trying to see if there's any that are positive real. There's a lot of people saying hashtag spokes, 
or whatever the cliche thing is, like you maybe win the sports balls tickets. Uh, let's see. Someone by the name of Day Trader POS saying, quote, ban Bud Light, unquote, getting 64 likes. And Mr. Rich Mooney actually responded to that comment saying, quote, it's banned in my house, unquote, and he got 59 likes. And then we do have our fun poll, one thing I appreciate the most from Rich Mooney. He says, quote, Bud Light says a weekend of football is heading our way. I guess they're hoping NFL and college game commercials will fix everything for them. So what will you be drinking? The two options being Bud Light time for me and no Bud Light for me. The poll had 697 votes. Out of that, 13.3% said make it a Bud Light for them. But that means the remaining percentage, and I know public schools are all-time low for mathematics, science, history, pretty much everything. We'll do the fun math here today. 100 minus 13.3, well, that's going to give you 86.7%. That's how many people said no Anheuser and Bev products for me. And that poll also got 19 likes. Needless to say, hmm. Needless to say, the outlook for Bud Light is not so good. I'm trying to find... There may be one or two positive comments. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I did find a contrarian comment. Okay, so they do exist. A person by the name of Icarus Hedoban. This person said, quote, I fully expected the knuckle draggers to rush to make an appearance in the comments and write on Q dot dot dot, unquote. That person got 12 likes out of 1585 views. So it looks like there are a couple. Mm, there are a couple supportive tweets in Bud Light. Now this person might be maybe the CEO of Bud Light. Who knows what Brendan Whitworth does when he's not having rudimentary interviews where he's dodging questions left and right. Maybe he's a big tweeter. We just don't know it yet. But needless to say, will this them sponsoring, giving away free sports balls tickets, will that inspire you to go purchase a Bud Light? Does that change your opinion about the company one iota? Can't but think, no, absolutely not. And when it comes to the outlook of Bud Light, I would say the Magic Output, yeah, I would say most definitely the Magic Out, Out, Outlook. One of those things where, I don't know, I'm not a scientist or a doctor. It may be possible to cure stuttering by clicking the subscribe button. It's never been tried in clinical trials. We could be innovators today. It, may, it might be a new solution. We never know. So if you can click that button, greatly appreciate it. But nevertheless, when it comes to Bud Light and the Magic 8-Ball, I would say the outlook is still not so good. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek tweet on daring someone to name one time in history about the goodbye guys being outside censorship getting 1.6 million views in a single day. Needless to say, as a youth might say, that certainly went viral. Now, this is actually, let's see a clip here. So before the video clip, Vivek says, quote, Name one time in human history when the guys fighting to censor speech were the good guys. I'll wait, unquote. That's certainly a good point. Although, unfortunately, it might be lost to many Americans because, again, in public schools in the United States, they don't, they don't really teach history. And they certainly don't teach it well. So they would probably either make up the wrong answer or not even know what anything he says means. But nevertheless, here's the clip now with, looks like it is a little interview with Biden. Let's see what he has to say. 
perhaps we'll be enamored by pearls of wisdom. Let's tune in and find out. What about what Elon Musk has done to Twitter, uh, lowering guardrails against misinformation? Does that contribute to it? Yeah, it does. Look, one of the things, as I said to you, when I thought I wasn't going to run, I was going to write a book about the changes taking place. And most of it's directed over the years with these fundamental changes in society by changing technology. Gutenberg printing in the printing press changed the way Europeans could talk to one another all the way to today. Where, where do people get their news? They, 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 you know, they go on the Internet. They, 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 they go online. They go, and you have no notion whether it's true or not. What about... Well, thankfully, who, uh, just anecdotally speaking, what do you think? Who do you trust more for data? Whose opinion do you trust more, the government or the people? What would you rather have, censorship or less censorship? A great way of asking, are you American or not? Although, unfortunately, American values are dwindling and pretty much disintegrating. So what is American could be a debate in and of itself. Now, traditionally, true Americans would say, well, I may not agree with what you are saying, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. That's what every, I mean, that's what I still hold dear to my heart. It's also the best way for the best ideas to come to the surface. You have debates, you talk to other opinions, you learn about the other side. But no, the government wants to censor more and more and more, unfortunately. And Twitter is one of the few outliers that wants to decrease the censorship on the World Wide Web. Now, in terms of the responses, one of the top responses comes from, let's see here, Mr. Derek Abutt. He certainly sounds like a butt, so an appropriate name. This person says, quote, Republicans banning books is censorship, unquote. Person got 206 likes. Hmm. Now, someone did have the correct mind to respond to that person, and Elon also chips in as well. Now, the response by Mr. Light Metal says, quote, I just retired after 30 years of working in libraries. Neo-Marxist woke establishment purged public and school libraries of most of the classics, much of anything of intellectual value. Propaganda, social engineering, and recently smut for kids replaced casualties for decoration and diffusing criticism is one copy trick was devised unquote which yes is very true when people talk about banning books in public schools yes there's such thing as child appropriate every american used to think yeah you probably shouldn't have a kid looking at adult content and some of these books quite literally depict adult acts and cover ears or have the children leave the room for this quick reference i'm regarding to sexual positions and activities and toys there are there are teachers who are probably putting this in front of children. Something that if you saw a random stranger at a public park, that person would appropriately be arrested and ostracized from our society. And yet these teachers are obsessed with pushing this material in front of children. That should scare the living daylights out of you, as well as give you insight into what teachers are really doing with your children and what the teachers unions are standing for these days. Now, Yellen responded to that statement saying, quote, unquote, exactly and Elon got 5,391 likes and 144,000 views.
Another top response is a little cartoon of Biden. And Biden saying in the cartoon, a little cartoon, it says, quote, Mega is the most extreme political group in recent history, American history. And it just shows parents of multiple races saying, quote, school choice, secure our borders, lower taxes, support our police. And then on the opposite side of Biden, he has his Biden supporters. And they are in black hoodies with masks. And one of them says defund police, open borders now, support late-term abortion. And then they have little emblems on their shirts that say, you know, BLM, Antifa, and then the Democratic Party. And of course, they are burning the American flag. That one cartoon got 25 likes. And then you have a, I don't know what movie this is, but there is someone who photoshopped Biden and Hunter in a World War II film. And Biden is saying, quote, Jack, I can't beat Trump. I need you to put him in jail. And Hunter is saying, quote, yes, mein Führer, Zig Heil. That got 24 likes out of 1,000 views. Some by the name of Steve Smith, the anti-communist. Not good. I'm going to be a little biased and say I like him already. This is the reason my family got the hell out of Cuba. He said, quote, One time during World War I and World War II, when government imposed widespread censorship on the military and general population and lifted it after the war's over, we were the good guys in both stances. Let's hope we never repeat that. Unquote. Let's see how many likes he got. He got 17 likes. Let's see here. Going below here. Oh, Mr. Human, a very popular person on the Twitter sphere. And of course, he has the Ukraine flag as well as the peace logo in his. Now he's saying, quote, and he's actually hashtagging uh, Vivek in this response. He says, let's cut through the noise and get straight to the point. Troll farms like those orchestrated by Russia aren't just nuisances. They're calculating threats and multi with multifaceted impacts on nation's fabric. Health hazards. Oh, Jesus. This person has a lot of time in their hands because it's like a book. I'll read the first couple. Health, uh, he says, security breaches. Remember 2016, the fingerprints of the troll farms were all over U.S. elections. Their interference erodes faith in democracy and fuels social unrest. It's not just meddling, it's direct assault. Societal fractions... Digital spies. This guy's writing pages on pages. Well, I, nevertheless, let's see what people like about this. He did get 239 likes. And if you look at his profile, he is what people would say culturally a leftist or politically a leftist. Let's see here. Needless to say, eh? I say most of the responses. I'd say they're more on the side of not censorship, thankfully. And let me know what you think. Do you think that in terms of winning issues for the 2024 election, I'd say more and more people being concerned about online censorship and online blacklisting and online shadow banning. I think that'd be a good topic to bring into the realm. I think more and more people are starting to see how a lot of people in the middle and, and more on the right are being just completely ostracized from our society. So let me know in the comments. Do you think that'd be a good... It might be a more a prudent business decision or more accurately a prudent political decision for 2024 and might that help put Vivek over the top with all the competition. It'll be interesting to see, but as I say, time shall tell.
Other interesting political news, you have Vivek, Ukraine banning political enemies and giving a war to a Nazi going viral. Now, this is one of his highlights on GOP debate. And this was tweeted by a gal by the name of Michelle Hashtag FJB. And she said before the clip, quote, this enraged me. Vivek is the only candidate not afraid to tell the truth about Ukraine. What are your thoughts on the ex exchange? Level with the American people on this issue. The reality is we just because just because Putin people. is not an e Putin's an evil dictator does not mean that Ukraine is good. This is a country that has banned eleven opposition parties. A win that has for actually, Russia is a that win is not for China. We're driving a win Russia. For Russia excuse is a me. Win for China. Excuse me. If you have a chance, I forgot you like you'll China. Have, That's no, why you're you'll have you'll have your chance and just. I like how Nikki Haley, in pure cliche form, ignores the whole first part of his point. Remember, he just said Ukraine banned eleven other political parties. And don't forget, they won't have elections unless the U.S. pays for it. They actually banned elections earlier. And people who critique that saying they're at war, the United States has never, ever banned elections. Granted, we are also the pinnacle of freedom for now. Hopefully we keep that trend going. But nevertheless, back to the clip. Just a moment. Yeah. The heroic personal insults isn't helping. China is the real enemy, and we're driving Russia further into China's arms. We need a reasonable peace plan to end this, especially if this is a country whose president just last week Vivek, was hailing a Nazi Ukraine that's a green and, and light to China to take Taiwan. We need a peace comes through strength. Governor Christie, Governor Christie, President Biden's first two years have brought level with the American people on. I don't know why it maybe some people are arguing it's a bug and not a feature, but Twitter always has the little video redo it as soon as they actually end the video, it just repeats. And he makes a good point. A lot of people are forgetting which side Ukraine was on in World War II. Um, they recently, as well as I believe Canada, got some egg on their face, or in, the, in their case, socially being a faux pas, they got some maple syrup on their nose. They actually did get. They gave a reward and praise to a Nazi. And then when they were critiqued about it, they said, oh, no, no, it's just disinformation. A scary trend in and of itself when all the facts are just called disinformation. Interesting. Now, in terms of the comments and feedback from this tweet, you had Nikki ha uh, uh, Michelle responding to her own tweet, which I suppose is a thing. I didn't know I could do that. A little narcissistic, but I'll allow it. Now, she says, quote, Nikki Haley and Mike Pence need to suit up and head over to Ukraine to help them fight those evil Russians. Meanwhile, Zelensky has a kill list of high-profile high Americans who dare question the war. Freaking idiots, I swear to God. And she uses the eye-roll emoji, unquote. And she got 120 likes. So pretty darn popular. Let's see here. Someone by the name of Dennis critiques the clip saying, quote, even though he is saying all the right things, I don't trust him, unquote. And that got 26 likes. Other feedback, one from Valerie says, quote, unquote, Vivek is right, unquote. She got 35 likes. Somebody by the name of Lee said, just simply, quote, unquote, he spoke the truth and he got eight likes. Let's see. Eh, some pejorative. You have Jimmy Sisson saying weak, although he didn't get any likes. At all. Does he? And hilarious enough, his profile says not politically motivated. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. So there are some negative comments. Someone by the name of 
Village Wolf saying he's still not qualified for the highest office in the U.S. Uh, no likes for that, though. Somebody by the name of American357. A good magnum. I appreciate that name. This person says, quote, Tim Scott is a donor-owned smiley face, unquote. Um, this person, that little tweet response got three likes. Let's see here. Somebody name of Lady Knight Rose said, quote, I can't stand Pence and Haley, and they showed their colors in this outburst. Even though Vivek was an attack dog most of the debate, he is the only one calling the end to the war, unquote. This person got 18 likes, which interestingly enough, again, in terms of the acumen and intelligence of Fox News, where's where that bar? Negative these days? They skipped a lot of social questions for the debate and a lot of the important questions other questions like, yeah, what, what's your plan to actually get out of this to boondoggle, as some might call it? And where would you put the resource allocation? You certainly care about those borders, interestingly enough. But nevertheless, they, they probably just need a couple, another hundred billion. Maybe that, maybe that's all it takes. Maybe. We've only given over a hundred billion dollars in cash as well as, you know, physical material. Let's see here. Mr. Average U.S. Father says, quote, Pence talking strength. He is as about as strong as a wet paper straw, unquote. Person got 27 likes. So it does look like, looking at the comments here, a majority, I'd say 90% of them are positive comments. I'd say there are maybe 5% who are positive but not endorsing him. So a lot of people are saying make a cabinet position. A lot of people saying he's they appreciate they like what he's saying, but they don't think he's politically ready. And then there's another fair amount of percent saying that they just do not want him, they don't trust him, he should be out. But overall, I'd say interesting take, and it is, eh, I'd say overall is a positive response. Now, of course, we'll look at the polls in the future. What's that correlation between social media and when it comes to actual polls? That'll be interesting to see. But in that regard, we're going to have to say time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Chris Christie tries to troll Donald Trump, but it's overwhelmingly ratioed in minutes, as he tends to do. Now, good old Chris Christie pulling up, and he says, he actually just has a 26-second 20, clip of Trump, and he prefaces the clip saying, this is from Chris Christie, quote, more empty promises at real Donald Trump will do this just as much as he built a brand new wall that Mexico paid for. And the clip, without further ado. I will then go to every foreign country where we're paying billions and billions of dollars for their military defense, as I was doing before, and tell them that if they do not massively increase their purchases of Ford, Chevys, GMs, and Jeeps. Our troops are packing up and we're coming home. You gotta buy our products. You gotta buy our products. And that's gonna be the least of it. I will then go to every... Now let's look at the comments. Chris Christie is increasing his attacks on Trump, which again, politically speaking, you look at the moves on political chessboard, it, there is a fair percentage of people in the Republican Party who are not fans of Trump. I'm not saying that's not a way for him to get some votes, but I don't think there's a I don't think that percentage is high enough to actually win the Republican primary vote. 
Let me know in the comments, do you think that percentage is big enough? And again, these aren't votes yet. These are just polls that we're seeing throughout the weeks. But the polls are saying, certainly no, not at all. He's not polling well in any regard. And I was going to say, in terms of physical polls, that would probably be a business liability. In terms of here, try to put his weight on a poll, it would val pretty much, you know, void any warranty, I would think. But nevertheless, look at the comments to see if they're positive, negative. Let's see. One of the top responses is from Lashonia Deplorable Magadonis Listless. And she actually responded with a Photoshop, alleged Photoshop, might be real, you never know these days. It has Chris Christie eating a donut. Okay, that's that's probably real. And then he's holding a Ukraine flag, wearing red boots, riding a rhino, and behind him is Zelensky in high heel boots in a t-shirt. And then it looks like they're riding the rhino in Ukraine. It's hard, it's hard to tell. A lot of the components are certainly real. I mean, Chris Christie, he, he loves donuts. That's a fact. He loves Ukraine. Hey, it's, not, it's not inconceivable. Zelensky only knows how to wear a t-shirt. Even when countries are giving him billions of dollars, he doesn't have the audacity to actually man up and suit up as every man should. So the t-shirt is on, on point. Now that I think about it, when you see most of the interviews with Zelensky, mostly it's, you know, you don't know what they're wearing. It could be, he could be high heels. Conceivably so, this could be real. But nevertheless, this picture did get 31 likes. Mr. Er, by the name of Pismo said, quote, hardest working belt in the universe, unquote. And it's a picture of Chris Christie just walking with a very worn belt. And it got 129 likes. Uh, interestingly enough, Chris Christie, the position of his hand is here. He might just be having a perpetual heart attack. I'm not a doctor. But he doesn't look happy in that picture. And someone by the name of I'm Fancy says a gif. And it says no one wants to talk about the elephant in the room. And it is Chris Christie. Now, in Chris Christie's defense, he did suit up. So I do appreciate that, as every professional should. Now, it looks like... Some by the name of Second Amendment 45 said, Meanwhile, back in New Jersey, and it's Chris Christie surrounded by Krispy Kreme donuts, getting 17 likes. And in terms of political donations and campaign funds, and I'm actually surprised. I don't know if he's endorsed by Krispy Kreme. I don't know if they're a campaign donor. It should be public record. I, could probably, I, I might have to dig into that to see if that is one of the top donors to his campaign. We might, we might have to look into that. Other, looks like other responses you got. Somebody named Booze Fuel had a meme in which you have someone just lying in bed restless and they have a picture of Trump hinting that Trump is living in Chris Christie's head perpetually for free. That has 28 likes. Let's see here. Somebody named Unbreakable says, quote, when you leave the office and had a rating of 8%, unquote, that person got 55 likes. Somebody of Harold of the Rocks said, quote, Trump stuck to so many promises, unlike all other politicians, unquote. That person got 81 likes. And I'm not sure in terms of the tariffs that we put on Mexico or how Mexico was supposed to finance that, but the United States did build, they didn't complete the wall, but Trump did expand the wall and build some of it. 
So I think perhaps Chris Christie's attempt at critique was how it was going to be fiscally financed by Mexico. And I think it was an attempt. I think Trump was going to do the tariffs. And let me know in the comments if you have more data on that. Uh, let's see. Someone just a lot of memes of Chris Christie eating food, getting 50 to 100 likes. Oh, here's an AI. This has allegedly an AI generated picture. It says, hey, Chris, have you had any reach arounds to bury it lately? And it's a picture of him kissing Obama, getting 68 likes. Uh, there's a picture, someone by the name of Monso Bo. This person simply just tweeted a picture of, what is it? Porky from Warner Brothers? What is that? Porky the pig? I need to, I think. Porky pig? I have to do a visual analysis. It is not Chris Christie in the picture. It is, in fact, a picture of Porky the pig. The research has just shown. I my eyes, I had to look really close. But, it, it, okay, so that person had a pejorative picture of Porky the pig, insinuating that Chris Christie is indistinguishable, for one. Which, I would say, many people would think a rhino would be more apt. Also pejoratively known as Republican in name only, since Chris Christie has very much helped Obama throughout the years, and... It's one of those things where his policies, yeah. Nevertheless, uh, let's see if there's any positive ones. Uh, Mr. Pro Elwood said, quote, calling attention to Trump's effective border policy is a bold campaign strategy, unquote. Got 11 likes, which is true. Right now, in terms of, if you look at the percentage and the numbers of people illegally crossing the border in, from Mexico to the United States, that number is a vast night and day difference between when the United States was run by Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. So, it, again, this, this attempted troll on Trump just it seemed to fail in every which way. Because, again, Trump's policies led to lesser illegal immigration by far. And yet Chris Christie's trying to call him out on it? I mean, again, I'm trying to find... Again, with Donald Trump, usually Trump is very uh, polarizing. There's a lot of people who love him, a lot of people who hate him. So, traditionally, with to uh, posts and social media, you'd have a fair amount of people who hate Trump who would respond positively to this. And I'm scrolling through trying to find one. I mean, another person by the name of Emil Valke said, quote, Porky Pig, what is troubling you, unquote. That person got 30 likes. So interestingly, I have no idea. Someone by the name of Beetle Bailey has photoshopped uh, Oompa Loompa with his face on it. It says American Pride getting 17 likes. I'm actually, yeah, I'm surprised. I thought there'd be a lot more people. <laughs> There's someone who just has a meme of Chris Christie sleeping on a plane, and it says Christie because donuts matter, and got seven likes. So I, some by the name of Larry David saying, quote unquote, treadmill, and getting one like. So interestingly enough, I would have thought, I would have thought there'd be a, a fair amount of posts just supporting Chris Christie just because they don't like Trump. So, interestingly enough, no, overwhelmingly, it looks like not only was the ratio, as the youth might say, but pretty much an overwhelming majority, I see 93 to 95% of the responses are all supporting Trump and all pejoratively roasting Chris Christie. I mean, someone by the name of Bruce Erb simply saying, good try, Porky, unquote, and that person got one like. 
So, I again, I know Chris Christie is going after the political aisle of people who hate Trump, and that, uh, that part of the Republican Party does exist, but let me know in the comments, is that enough to win the Republican primary? And based on who's running right now, Trump, by all accounts, is leading by a big gap. You have DeSantis, Vivek, and Nikki Haley kind of all closer together, with most, I would say, the polls currently having DeSantis a little bit ahead. But let me know, do you think, how will this help Chris Christie's campaign? Is he going to flip and be run as a Democrat in another capacity? And I'm not sure his current strategy makes sense. Because, again, I don't think it's enough. The, the numbers aren't there to win the presidency or even the Republican nominee. But it, it'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments. Do you think this will help Chris Christie? It will hinder him a little bit? What could he do, if anything, to bolster his current polling numbers, which are not very favorable at all? And do you think it's an effective strategy to continue to critique Donald Trump when Trump does have a large base of the Republican Party who appreciates what he did and what he's standing for and who most likely will vote for him again? It'll be interesting to see and it'll be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Now going on to the business blunder of the day. You have Eli Lilly, third time is not a charm as the FDA gives them yet another rejection. Now it looks like specifically the FDA has rejected Lilly's investigative ingestional adipopic dermatitis treatment. And again, when it comes to pharmaceutical companies, I don't want to say they should get an F for marketing. Maybe a D minus, but in terms of the complexity of these names, and I know it usually has to do with very scientific compounds, but you, in terms of names, you want to have a name that Americans can pronounce, presumably, because again, when you look at who's the biggest pusher of drugs in the United States, every commercial, it always says, ask your doctor because they want you to push your doctor to prescribe you the pills or whatever the hell you're buying. So presumably you want to be a very simple, concise name so they can say, yes, I want Pepsi pop or like a, a, I don't know, it would be a conjecture of a few words. I want the new protozamic, something, something that's easy to pronounce, easy to say, easy to remember. And this fails in all three counts. But nevertheless, back to the quote from the FDA or this article, it says, the FDA has rejected Lilly's ingestible atopic dermatitis treatment, Lebzipopakic. No affiliation with, Libs, with the Libziplic, Lebziplic, Libziplic. What's the old band from the 90s? Lib Biscuit? There we go. I forgot, it's the food company. Kidding, I know they are a rock band, star, something like that. Now, it looks like they... They rejected it over findings undercovering during an inspection of a third-party contract manufacturing organization. This according to Eli Lilly earlier this week. Lebzumbeck was one of several drugs Lilly hoped to launch in 2023. During an investor event last winter, Lilly expected 2003 launches of, again, D minus or, no, 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 you know what? Upon further examination, they get an F for marketing. Let me know if these inspire you to go talk to your doctor and buy this new drug. Donapimag, Pitrobrutabic, Mirazumpakic, Lebzumzabic, Limp Biscuit. Those are the four, those are the launches that they thought were going to be very strategic to their 2003 initiatives and going to be big hits. Again, things no one can pronounce. Nevertheless, I, they're probably a scientific compound and a combination between things. I understand that, but in every social interaction or a public press briefing, anything like that, 
use the marketing name you're going to use. But nevertheless, perhaps that could be a business model in and of itself, the marketing. Now, it looks like they wanted to launch that along with this 2022 launch of Manjaro, which at least I'll give that a C. At least I can pronounce it. And again, I'm no, I'm no genius, but it should be easy as all hell. But nevertheless, they said that they, alongside those launch plans, Lily had previously laid out revenue expectations between 30.3 billion and 30.8 billion for 2023. Quite a pretty penny. Now, it'll be interesting to see if this inspection of a third-party manufacturing facility, if it's something that they can just quickly fix by, you know, buying a little bit more Clorox wipes at the store. Kidding, kind of. Or if it's something that's detrimental or you actually require you to move things around the factory in terms of moving heavy machinery, or if you need to pay for extra inspections and It'll be interesting to see what it takes, but having such a big, and again, these companies are investing billions into research and development and marketing, although not marketing good names, interestingly enough, but nevertheless, it's going to take them another hurdle to jump through and they have to make that money back somehow. It'll be interesting to see what it takes to get that authorization, but yeah, third time rejected. That's certainly not good. Thankfully, I'm not a shareholder, but it'll be interesting to see if they actually bounce back from this. But it comes to pharmaceutical companies, yeah, there's a lot of gambling involved, so to say. It'll be interesting to see if they get approval the fourth time is a charm. Perhaps. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to do it in today. I know it's ambitious, but we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October. So if you can click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, the additional comments as well as the likes are greatly appreciated. I really do like the feedback. I try to respond to all the, all the comments when I can. And even if it's harsh, I appreciate the critique because that's how I make the show better and better. We're continually trying to examine and test new software capabilities so that we can do the picture in picture. So when I'm referencing some of these clips, you'd be able to see them in real time. If you have suggestions, I would greatly appreciate it. I tried a couple over the weekend. And again, unfortunately, they just didn't pan out. And I don't know if it's because I'm currently using the 4K Razer Hiken or Kaizen USB web camera and OBS software, then little USB mic. So if you have such, and for some reason, the picture in picture won't work. It'll only use one or the other. So let me know if you have any suggestions. I really appreciate it because I do want to make the show better and better so we can all have a good time, so to say. Also, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.